Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Truly, it's a blessing to be here. Once again, we've um, buried the Arctic storm um, here in Texas, and we thank God that our power is back on. We give him all the praise, the glory, and the honor that's due to his name. You know, it's always good when we realize that we're in good hands with God, you know? Um, and so I'm excited. This is just Antoine coming to you from Let's Get Growing, man. Um, we are on day 28, uh, and we're excited that God has allowed us to remain faithful even uh, through the storm. We couldn't get on live, but we definitely had you in our thoughts and our prayers. And so we thank God for you. Um, we're we're ready to go and want to get things going so that um, we can continue on our session. We are actually in volume five uh, day, excuse me, session six. And um, we want uh, people to be aware that, you know, marriage is very important. It's one of your most important relationships on earth. And uh, if you're in marriage or looking to get into marriage, you have to handle things the right way that God may bless it and that you may be fulfilled and get all that you can get out of your marriage. And so um, we're uh, glad that God has uh, uh, made this available through men's fraternity and uh, quest for authentic manhood 33, the series and um, that we it came across our path. And so we, we was uh, mission-minded before then, and we definitely are mission-minded now. Even so, when we saw this material, we were like, hey, this got to get out. We have to have man groups all around the nation, all around the world, um, listen to this information. And so um, God put it on my heart to do this. And so that here I am, and um, we're on day 28, and we thank God for it. And so let us go ahead and get... Um, going on this lesson. I'm going to cue it up here. Welcome back guys to our final session of volume five. We've covered a lot of ground exploring God's vision and purpose and wisdom for marriage. We started out by looking at the biblical foundations of marriage, that it was and is God's idea and that God designed core roles for both men and women in marriage that both complement and bless each other. We also learned about the importance of both emotional and physical intimacy in marriage, friendship and sex. Last session, we took a look at some of the key threats to a healthy marriage. One of the major themes that has emerged from all that we've covered is that God divinely appointed men to be servant leaders in marriage, to take the initiative in such a way that blesses your wife. And we learned that the essence of servant leadership can be summed up in one phrase, die to live. That when we follow Jesus's command to die to ourselves and to live for God and others, we actually find a deeper gladness and a fuller life. In this session, we're going to give you 20 ways that you can be a servant leader to your wife. 
two things that are positive, I think, in my marriage that that change game for us is when I talk about my emotions, when I answer her emotional questions about me, for whatever reason, even though I would feel like expressing my emotions might show weakness, for whatever reason, my wife just loves that. Uh, tell her that you love her. Um, acknowledge her. Tell her how thankful you are and how much you appreciate her. It's just the little things, and most important, the unexpected things. Uh, another game changer, I think, is when she can care less about gifts. She can care less about, you know, me doing the things that a husband does. But if I ask her how she's doing and listen to everything she says and ask follow-up questions about how she feels about those things, man, that, that'll make a good day. That'll make a bad day good. <laughs> uh, randomly surprises me with flowers or gifts or even just a post-it that says I love you. I'm I'm blessed by my husband in a lot of ways and these are the little small decisions that he chooses to do to show me that he cares. Uh, it was quite a gamble. We, uh, we didn't know each other very much but we approached marriage from a perspective of uh, being friends most more than anything else and um, it, it you know most people didn't give much for our marriage uh, but we worked on it. Uh, it was it was hard. The cultural clash was hard. And uh, right now, after 18 years with two beautiful boys, we couldn't couldn't be you know happier. Uh, it's it's been quite a ride. What makes you realize that you love them? Like you could tell somebody you love them, but your actions are what speak. Your actions is what actually show that you love a person. Listening, just being there for her, just always. Um, trying to have a relationship where she feels comfortable coming to me, saying anything where I feel comfortable saying anything to her and just sort of being uh, someone that she can confide in, someone that she can feel comfortable saying anything to and expressing any opinion and working with that together. Uh, call her every day. Uh, no matter where she is, uh, you just call her and let her know how you feel. And I think that's the most important thing, to just let her know how you feel and that you care. Little things do mean a lot. So when I think about, you know, day-to-day -day type thing, I'm thinking like, well, if she thought about me in a little way, you know, it's probably the same sort of thing if I think about her in a little way. So, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe little cards or something, maybe little, you know, knickknacks, flowers, but also just sort of something <laughs> as small as, you know, I'm thinking about you or, or like, you know, call during the day when she wouldn't normally expect it. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Today, in this session, we're going to give you some specific ways that you can be a servant leader in your marriage. 20 practical ideas that can help you to die to live in your marriage. We call them game changers because although most of them are very simple, living them out can make a huge difference. These are going to be very practical and we are going to give them to you in a rapid fire, concise style so that we can present a variety of them. But before we get started, there are two things I want you to know. First, as you'll see, there's going to be some overlap here between how you can be a servant leader to your wife and how you can be a servant leader to your kids. This volume focuses on marriage, but a lot of what we say applies to both. If you want to learn more about how authentic men approach fatherhood, Check out volume six of 33, A Man and His Family. Another thing we want you to know 
that you shouldn't think of this session as a burdensome to-do list or a list of shoulds. Think of it more as a list of practical ideas that can stimulate creativity in your servant leadership and bring new life to your marriage. Okay, let's get started. 20 practical ways to be a servant leader in the real day-to-day -day journey of marriage. Here's the first one. Number one, a servant leader includes his wife in envisioning the future. He doesn't just announce big decisions to his wife and family. He doesn't just come home and say, honey, we're moving. He invites her into the process, lets her know what he's thinking about the future, and draws out her input as they process the decision together. Guys, invite her into the decisions you see coming. Share with her how you feel about it and what you're thinking and why you're leaning in a particular direction, not just what you've already decided. She's your partner. Sure, you accept responsibility to lead and initiate, but wise is the husband who invites his wife into shaping that future with him. Number two, a servant leader accepts the responsibility of spiritual leadership in his marriage. He gets the incredible opportunity to be the pace setter and to cultivate an environment for his wife and family to grow spiritually. He sees the value of engaging in spiritual discussions. So he initiates those with his wife and kids. He makes it a priority to pray with and for his wife and kids regularly. He makes sure his family is involved in a healthy gospel-centered church where they have authentic community. If he feels ill-equipped to lead in this area, he gets the tools and resources he needs to help him grow into a spiritual leader. He learns from other men who are doing this well and even invites one of them to mentor him in this area. He may have a lot of growing to do, but he fights the temptation to remain stuck and passive. Number three, a servant leader is honest with his family and with himself about his own imperfections. The truth is that all of us have flaws, weaknesses, and idiosyncrasies that impact our families and impact us. Guys, we don't have to hide our flaws or try to create the illusion that we're perfect. We can take the bold, courageous leadership step of being honest with our wife, kids, and ourselves about our fears and weaknesses. Author Dan Allender says that flawed leaders are successful because they're not preoccupied with protecting their image. A limping leader is the kind of person God uses to accomplish amazing things. Admitting your weaknesses is a gift to your wife. It sets up an environment of grace for both of you and invites her to connect with you at a heart level. Number four, a servant leader discusses the household responsibilities with his wife and makes sure they are fairly distributed. It's really easy for guys to think that the day is over once they get home from work. Whether both of you work outside the home or you're the sole breadwinner, carrying your weight at home is a breath of fresh air to your wife. Find your rhythms so that maybe you're handling some of the responsibilities together and some on your own. Either way, you're initiating. You're thinking about it. You're willing to play your part and not count on your wife 
to just take care of it all. Come on, man. Really? You can do more to help your wife. If you have young kids, pay your part by figuring out how you can share the responsibilities of bath time, stories, bedtime routines, and many other important parenting responsibilities. Pick a half day on Saturday and tell your wife to go and do whatever she desires to do, and you'll watch the kids. Figure out the chores your wife hates and step in to help her with those. Bless your wife and your marriage by concerning yourself with household responsibilities. As one of my mentors told me, save some for home. Number five, a servant leader seeks the consultation of his wife on all major financial decisions. As we discussed in our last session, the lack of communication around financial decisions can be one of the greatest threats to a healthy marriage. It's not a good idea to go out on your own without her knowledge and make some major financial decision that will have a big impact on your overall finances. Be sure that you're initiating discussions with your wife about major purchases and other significant financial decisions. Talk about them. Measure your financial philosophies and priorities together. Be sure you're both on the same page regarding all major financial ideas and decisions. If the two of you are struggling in this area, initiate seeking help from the abundance of resources and experts that are available. Bless your marriage by leading in this important area. Number six, a servant leader follows through with commitments he has made to his wife. Men, the little things can make all the difference. Coming through and keeping your word to your wife is one of those things that may seem little, but actually sends a big message to her over time. That you value her and that she is more important to you than other things competing for your time. Keep your promises. Be careful not to get her hopes up about something, only to squelch them later. Make it a priority to follow through. Like Jesus says, let your yes be yes. It's such a simple yet powerful way to serve your wife well. Number seven, a servant leader anticipates the different seasons of his marriage. Your marriage will change from season to season. Marriage before or without kids is one season. Marriage with one kid and then multiple kids are totally different seasons. Marriage with teenagers is another season, and marriage as empty nesters and as grandparents are yet other seasons. Each season is very different, and each transition has its own challenges and changes. In each, your wife will have different needs and wants and feelings and emotions. Great servant leaders anticipate those transitions, are sensitive to his wife's feelings and helps her process and embrace the changes that come with them. One of the best ways to be proactive in this area is to find a mentor who is a decade or two ahead of you in life, who can offer insights on what is coming in the next season. Number eight, a servant leader manages potential distractions so that he can connect with his wife and family. You're the one who creates and cultivates an environment where your family can connect and enjoy quality time together. You're managing any potential distractions 
so that they don't dominate all of your free time with your wife and family. This includes all of the technology that is increasingly prevalent in all of our lives. As essential as technology is to much of our lives, a servant leader manages it well so that it doesn't sabotage our family relationships. Even as you enjoy all that technology has to offer, you're ensuring that there are times when your family unplugs and connects at a deeper level. Number nine, a servant leader makes sure that he and his wife have a will in place and have arranged a well-conceived plan in the event of his death. Even in his death, a servant leader is still leading and creating an environment where his family can flourish. For example, he has a legal will in place that directs where his money goes and how his minor children will be cared for in his absence. He has adequate insurance that can help provide for his family when he's gone. He's got a file that lists all of his financial assets and keeps it in a place where his wife can find it. And he's asked a trusted friend to step in in the tragic event of his death to come alongside his wife to help carry the burden of figuring out insurance and funeral arrangements. Even in his death, a servant leader's family is blessed by his leadership. Number 10, a servant leader develops a healthy relationship with his wife's family. He takes the initiative to get to know his in-laws and to honor them appropriately. If his in-laws live far away, a servant leader budgets money and calendars time so that he and his wife can visit them. He proactively seeks to build healthy and ongoing relationships with his in-laws. If and when any problems or conflicts or miscommunications occur, he doesn't just avoid it and go past it. He accepts the responsibility to address the situation and seek a healthy resolution. If his wife's parents are overbearing or are putting undue pressure on his wife to conform to them, He's willing to set healthy boundaries that protect his family. These are usually not very easy things to do, but when done out of love for his wife and in the right spirit, it can be a very meaningful way to serve and protect his wife. Number 11. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> true. We, we have these small things we have to put in place so that we can maximize our potential. And I mean, these things are slapping me dead in the face and uh, I'm actually loving it. Some of the things I'm doing, some of the things I'm not doing. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about it and, and, and contemplating it. And, um, you know, we, we have to put some action, some, um, action plans in place and then do it. And so this gives us the, the the keys to to actually implement these things on a regular basis so that we can 
have that healthy relationship with our wives and uh, wives to be things of uh, that nature so that we can grow and, and accomplish great, great feats. Because when we have the woman by our side um, satisfied and and knowing who we are and, and the direction that we're going and how we care about them and how we're um, thinking um, futuristic about um, taking care of them, how powerful is that, right? Uh, and so it's not about us and, and you know, the, the distractions that we have to uh, eliminate and foresee distractions and how they can have a play in what we're doing uh, speaks volume. You know, we we have the control over what comes into our our scope, our vision and what we, um, I guess, put in priority. So let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's. So that's just the first part of the list. I mean, I'm already challenged uh, to the max, but let's see what else we have to do. A sermon leader joins a small group of men who are dedicated to growing as husbands and fathers. We've discussed in other volumes of 33 that authentic manhood is a team sport. You need a team of men to help you. Authentic men are not long rangers. They realize that they are broken and that life is way too tough for that. They recognize the need for teammates in their lives. They join a 33 group or some other small group of men where they can be with trusted friends, men with whom they can share the struggles and successes of their marriage, men who are striving themselves to be servant leaders. Men who can share openly and honestly and can offer their own helpful insights and wisdom. Servant leaders embrace the truth of Proverbs 27, 17, which says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Number 12, a servant leader pays attention to the schedule of the home and anticipates any pressure points. He provides calendar leadership for his family making sure his calendar and his wife's calendar are in sync. He anticipates busy seasons and major changes in his schedule and makes sure he and his wife are on the same page. In my home, my wife and I set aside time every Sunday night after the kids go down to go over our calendars for the next few weeks. We want to be sure there are no surprises and the building time for the two of us as well as for our family. It's a special time that the two of us look forward to each week because we get to shape our schedules together. Number 13, a servant leader celebrates and praises his wife frequently and publicly. Men, this is one of those little things that can yield countless dividends in your marriage. Tell your wife verbally and specifically what you like about her, what you appreciate about her, and what you find attractive about her. Don't leave her to guess what you feel about her or just kind of hope she knows, like she's a mind reader. Express yourself. Learn to express your feelings, appreciation, and encouragement, and do it often. Brag on her publicly in front of her friends and her family. Celebrate your wife. 
celebrate her accomplishments, whether they're professional or in the home. Remind her regularly that she's a big deal to you. Number 14, a servant leader encourages his wife to grow as an individual and provides time and resources for her to pursue her own interests. Wise is the husband who proactively thinks about and budgets for ways his wife can become all she was meant to be. How is your wife gifted? What are her interests or hobbies? What is she interested in? How can you encourage her to grow and flourish in a way that would encourage her? Guys, good servant leadership can help your wife blossom. That's why in Ephesians 5 and 29, Paul tells husbands to nourish and cherish their wives. You want her to be blown away with how you are encouraging her and loving her in this way. Number 15, a servant leader expresses his love for his wife in a variety of ways that speak specifically to her. Write her notes, buy her flowers, hold her hand in public, put your arm around her on the couch, take a dance class with her, even if you can't dance, go on a long walk with her, surprise her with gifts, Learn how she likes to be loved or encouraged and shower her with that type of love and encouragement. Number 16, a servant leader points his wife to Jesus. He realizes the best thing in the world for both he and his wife is not more money or more security or even a healthy marriage, but a deep, meaningful, growing relationship with Christ. He recognizes that Jesus can meet her deepest needs far better than he can. A husband's highest call in marriage is not to make his wife fall more in love with him, but to help her fall more in love with Jesus. Number 17, a servant leader allows his wife to influence him. According to marriage expert, Dr. John Gottman, men who allow their wives to influence them have happier marriages and are less likely to divorce than men who resist their wife's influence. Yet, Gottman also notes that most men are likely to resist the influence of their spouse. Guys, God has placed your wife in a unique role in your life. She knows you better than anyone. Seek her counsel. Let her be your most trusted confidant. Accept her influence over areas where she has more expertise or experience. Trust, Proverbs 27, 9, which says, that the sweetness of a friend comes from their earnest counsel. Number 18, a servant leader initiates family traditions around important celebrations and holidays. He recognizes and embraces the importance and significance of special moments and family memories. Authentic men start traditions for their family, whether it's Saturday night movie night, Sunday morning donuts, special vacation memories, a game night, unique holiday traditions, or whatever. Another idea is to always do something special and unique on your wife's birthday that will bless her. Serve her breakfast in bed, Send her her favorite flowers or give her a handwritten note. Her birthday is a great and natural opportunity for you to let her know how you feel about her.
that she's a big deal to you. Number 19, a servant leader has learned how to be both tough and tender. Pastor John Piper puts it this way. He says that husbands are called to lead like Jesus, who is both the lion of Judah and the lamb of God. He was both lion-hearted and lamb-like, strong and meek, tough and tender, aggressive and responsive, bold and brokenhearted. He sets the pattern for manhood. Guys, like we learned in volume one of 33, authentic men develop the finesse to know when to act more like a noble king or warrior and when to act more like a lover or a friend. Authentic men aren't one-dimensional. They are multi-dimensional. They are able to move gracefully between the different faces of manhood. They can make a tough decision or change a flat tire, but also leave kind words on a post-it note or take their wife out for a romantic night on the town. Number 20, our last one. A servant leader keeps grace at the center of his marriage. A grace-based marriage is built on the foundation that we are all broken humans in a broken world who have been shown grace and kindness by a perfect savior, Jesus Christ. A servant leader who fosters grace in his marriage is inherently leading with humility, patience, and in light of his own shortcomings. That kind of leader creates a marriage that makes room for bad days, tough seasons, and mistakes. That kind of leader creates an environment where I'm sorry, I was wrong, and will you forgive me is the norm, not the exception. Now, those are 20 specific practical things you can do as a servant leader. If you ask me what a servant leader looked like on the ground, I'd give you that list. Thinking about all of those things can be both thrilling and intimidating. That's okay. None of us become servant leaders overnight. It's a process. So pick out a couple of things on that list that you can begin to work on. You'll never regret incorporating them into your marriage. At times, it may feel like work. It may feel like you're having to die to some of your own preferences. But I promise you that if you stay with it, you'll bless your marriage relationship and experience a fuller life that is deeply satisfying. I think it's so important to understand that the character and quality of your marriage is not set in three or four big moments. Think about life. You only make three or four big decisions your whole life. Most of us won't be written up in history books. Several decades after we die, the people we leave behind will struggle to remember the events of our lives. You live your life in the utterly mundane. You live your life in small moments. So the character of a marriage is not set in three or four big moments. It's set in 10,000 little moments that actually are what launch this marriage in a certain trajectory. I think that gets us in big trouble because a man will say something nasty to his wife, but he'll walk down the hallway and he'll say this to himself. It was only a little moment. She knows that I love her. I want to say two things about that. 
One, if God doesn't rule the little moments of your life, he doesn't rule you because that happens to be the address where you live. And those little moments are profoundly important precisely because that's where you live. So the turn of a marriage happens in little unremarkable moments, little steps of change. So I begin to determine that in the little places where my wife asks me to do things and I say, yeah, I'll do it, and I don't, I'm gonna become a trustworthy man. I'm gonna follow through in those little things. If I say, I'll pick up something from the store, I'm gonna follow through. And as I follow through 20 times in little things, she realizes, aha, he loves me, I can trust him. I'm gonna be willing to wait for her because waiting is a little gift that I can give to this woman. You know why we don't like to wait? Because waiting immediately announces to us we're not in charge. You have never gotten upset because you had to wait for you. I'm gonna be willing to involve myself in the more menial task of this marriage. I wanna be a help and an assistant to my wife. I wanna be quit complaining about things that I just need to leave alone. Uh, they're just not necessary to make battle over. That's in little moments, I'm gonna to choose to make peace, not war. If you begin to examine your particular relationship with your particular wife, it'll be easy to identify 15 different little things that you can do in little moments that begin to change the complex of this relationship and begin to announce to this lady that you're married to, this man loves me, I can trust this man, he's serving me, I'm in. Versus thinking that you have to make some big, huge transition in your relationship, what does that do? That just defeats you. You just think, there's no way that's gonna happen. That's not the way it happens. Change is seldom an event. It's most often a process of little steps. And again, those steps are investment in God's plan for your marriage, and God will empower those steps and bless those steps by his grace. You start taking those little steps and you watch what God will do in your marriage. Guys, beginning to implement just a few of those game changers in your marriage can be powerful. Now remember, healthy marriages aren't built overnight. They're the result of a lifelong investment. By now, you have strategic moves from each of the sessions. And there's a page in your training guide for you to build an action plan. Be sure to spend some time creating your action plan. We found that it's powerful when a man writes out his goals and dreams, they're much more likely to become a reality. We wanna close with two challenges that can be game changers for you personally. First, you have an incredible opportunity to take what you have learned here and multiply it. Experience authentic manhood at the highest possible level by investing in the lives of other men. Every single one of you is capable of taking another man or a group of men through 33. In your office, in your home, over lunch, at school, all you need is a laptop or a mobile device 
And you can purchase downloads of individual sessions or the entire series for just a few dollars at AuthenticManhood.com. Men, let's take the initiative to build a movement of men who are inspired and equipped to live lives of authentic manhood. Introduce other men to any of the volumes of 33 and watch their lives be transformed. Finally, I want to circle back on something that we mentioned to you after the first session. Now that you've completed this series on marriage, we want to challenge you to think about experiencing it with your wife, to process with her the things that you've learned about yourself and your marriage. Consider watching the videos and reading the training guide together with her. Now, while this may feel like a pretty bold step to take for some of you, it could help you initiate some great discussions that deeply enrich your relationship. In fact, on page 102 of your training guide, we've provided a discussion guide that will help you maximize this experience. It includes discussion questions for each of the six sessions, as well as prayer suggestions that seek God's blessings in each area of your marriage. Look, like we said earlier, only you know where you truly are in your marriage and if sharing these insights would be an encouragement in your relationship. But we challenge you to strongly consider it. It could truly be a game changer for your marriage. Again, you can find everything you need at AuthenticManhood.com. I can see it like it was yesterday. Majestic music prompting everybody to rise. Duh. Da, da, da. Here comes the bride, remember? Maybe you smiled. Me, I cried, nervous, perhaps. Your palms clammy as you reach to grasp the hand of your bride, all dressed in white, your beautiful, blushing bride for life. But I digress. Therefore, let's address what to do, how to live. Some are confused on how it's did, how it's done, so some say they're done. Marriage, easier said than done, but everybody's doing it, pursuing it. No understanding, standing under the weight of what this really means, so they ruin it. It's hard. Concrete, street, skid row, paddle upstream, extreme, you can't eat just one. Hard. But like Christmas presents from kids, sometimes marriage gets a bad rap, especially when you're stuck in the same place like a trap. We go numb, and then you say you can't feel that. Foundation, marriage is God's idea, a sublime design of divine origin. It's not good for man to be alone, so he gave him marriage to flourish in, to co-rule, both of them equal, perfectly complementing their counterpart as they vow, I'll never leave you covenant i vow to never look down at her like a dictator or passively live inactive and mask my laziness with her hard work but shirk that life and fight to have a marriage that's lived side by side men you are divinely appointed to be a servant leader in grace the head of the home is the role of the man godly wives submit to husbands who follow a man that has holes in his hands let that sink in 
Jesus is the example of what true leadership is. And the essence of that leadership is we die to live. A principle, a paradox. Motivated by Christ and everything that he did, he empowers us. But beware, there is an enemy, a friend to me, look into me to see who could be the end of me. It's me. Now you say it with me. It's me. So I say, die a little and you can live a lot in grace. Embrace who you are, a spiritual leader willing to lead her on this journey into the depths of his heart. Be the emotional encourager, sensitive to her needs, ever attentive to her deeds as you sweep her off her feet. The financial provider with a plan of stability, her physical protector that keeps her from iniquity. Be her friend. You may love her, but do you like her? Return to that place when you chose to wipe her. Spend time together every day, having mutual curiosity. Ignore the lie that you know everything about her, pursuing her half-heartedly. Have mutual trust based on the covenant with your bride. Allow her grace as you pursue oneness, a harmony of life. Whether back to back, shoulder to shoulder, or face to face, I fight for emotional intimacy as I pursue her in grace. Fight for intimacy. That's a biblical view of sex. God made it and called it good. Enjoy it in every aspect that's physical, emotional, spiritual. You may have a high drive with wide eyes, stimulated by visuals, but real fulfillment is found when your wife isn't miserable in the bedroom. So serve her. Observe her. If she's nervous, affirm her. Show her you love her freely. She should never have to earn love. A good leader is aware of the threats, things that hinder happiness, and one of them is sex. When it's perverted, sex is harmful for every person. Porn, premarital sex, and extramarital for certain. More threats, like a graceless home, where there is no forgiveness, plus money is one. Kids can be a harm if you let them, and so can identity if your trust is not in heaven. Men, in marriage, you're a servant. Include her in the vision. Be responsible for them all. Choose to be honest about your weakness. Even leaders have flaws. Share the chores. Talk with her about money. Keep your word. Anticipate when a new season is coming. Manage distractions and have a plan for when you die. Get to know her family and join a group of dedicated guys. Relieve the home of pressure points and publicly give her praise. Invest in her interests and express your love in various ways. Point her to Jesus. Allow her to impact your life. Initiate family traditions. Learn to be tough and tender, allowing grace to always remain at the center. I remember like yesterday, as she walked down the aisle, drops of joy stained my face full of fear because of the unknown. But I, in all of my ignorance, made a vow with all of the love that I could command by the spirit to love her until the day I die. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, truly. What an amazing, what an amazing series, what an amazing volume. And I tell you this, uh, 33, the series is a, a place where 
it, it's a game changer. Like the title of this lesson is, is, is really a game changer. And uh, I'm, I'm committed to go through uh, this with um, some couples. If you want to go through this um, with me and uh, my significant other, we we will do that. Uh, we'll we'll set a time. Just uh, DM me and um, we'll 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 make that happen because I, I believe that God wants us to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and He has placed some things in our hands that we can. Um, be better and and do better, but we got to know better. The Bible talks about my people perish for the lack of knowledge, but then it goes on because it says because they reject knowledge. He says, "So will I reject them?" And and our children suffer and people suffer because when knowledge is presented, we rejected. Well, I'm not going to invite anybody else in my family. And well, nobody wants to do this with me. And I don't know. And, you know, make excuses. But time's out for excuses, right? If you want to be better, you got to do something different than you've ever done so that you can grow. So let's get growing, man. Let's get growing, woman. And let's do this thing because God has gifted us. God has graced us with some material that will better us. And not only better us, it will better those that will come and be connected with us. And so I'm excited. I'm elated. I'm enthused about what the future holds because God holds the future. This is just Antoine. Be blessed. I'll see you at the top and bye for now. God bless.